welcome to the Bold Dreamer podcast. I am your host, Christina Baranowski, and as always, I am so glad that you're here. Today's episode is such a an important conversation, I think, that a lot of people a lot of times are scared to talk about. Allison and I have known each other for years and years, and our brick-and-mortar businesses actually used to be next door to each other. So we had a lot of shared days and nights and early mornings over fresh coffee pots of hardships and tears and laughs. But I think A struggle that we always shared and we share again on this episode is how hard financially running a business is. Now, that's whether you have a brick and mortar or a service-based or uh, e-commerce online, it's always hard. And in the beginning and while you're really getting your footing, a lot of times you're strapped for money. And we kind of talk about the creative ways that we get around that and what it feels like and that it's normal. It stinks a lot of times, but it's normal. And the conversation is so fun and I hope you feel like it's eye-opening and if I hope it doesn't scare you. Um you know, it's it's just a part of it, and it's everything is figure outable, and that's kind of what what we get into. So, you know, this podcast is really for the women out there chasing their dreams, regardless of their life circumstances. And Allison is the absolute epitome of that. She is a single mom with three kids. And she has these passions. She's a yoga instructor. She has her own yoga studio. She's had to navigate through the pandemic and what that looked like. You know, we know that we weren't able to be in rooms working out with people and that was her livelihood. So we talk about navigating that and really at the end of the day, when all things are working against us, how we power through and and figure it out. And that's kind of the theme of this entire episode is just figuring out the tough stuff. So grab your coffee and sit down at the table with us. And I hope you find some inspiration from this conversation. I'm always inspired when I talk to Allison. She is another one that just always has idea after idea. And when I have idea after idea, she either is the most willing to help or wants to be involved, or we end up doing something together. And I don't think we'll ever escape each other's lives. And I love that so much. So join this conversation with us. And I hope that you leave the conversation inspired and ready to figure out whatever it is that is on your own heart. Okay, so I am here with Allison, and we have been friends. Gosh, I can't even put it back to like when we first formally met, but we became really close back when I had the bakery, and Allison actually opened up a yoga studio right next door, and 
since then, she just couldn't get rid of me. <laughs> and we always find ways like back to each other's life. And it's so fun um, to see like what we're working on. And sometimes we've like worked on things together. Um, so I'm so glad you're here. I think that um, you can't get rid of me. So I don't know which way it goes, but I'm happy to <laughs> we, be here. <laughs> we can't get rid of each other, which That's is perfect. Right. It's my favorite. I have to start before we get into everything. I see you're drinking something out of a cup and there's a good mm-hmm. chance that it's tea. <laughs> but I also know you have been a coffee girl. I don't know if you're still a coffee girl. What is your favorite way to take your coffee? Okay. Well, I am drinking tea, so you do know me very well. Um, <laughs> however, I like my coffee with a little bit of collagen and very strong coffee. Like if it's not strong or if it's medium or not a bold roast, I don't want it. Um, with uh, collagen and a little bit of almond milk or almond milk creamer. Yeah. That's the worst when you go and you're like, especially like a new coffee shop, that's not tried and true. <sighs> And you order the coffee and you can tell like when they give it to you just by the color, you're like, yes. I'm going to absolutely hate this. <laughs> if you can see any of the side of the mug that it's in, I don't want it. <laughs> right? It like it, it gets like that yellow twinge at the top and oh, you're yeah. like, I already nope. know this is going to be terrible. No, it's like bean water. That's like, I want like, I want more bean than I want water. So. Right. Like yeah. easy on the water, extra on the bean. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. I would love for you to just kind of get into what you do. I know your story as like mine has a lot of twists and turns mm-hmm. to it, but if you could tell everybody like what you do and how you got there, the most loaded question, um, but I'd love to hear like your story and your words because I know it. Yes. All right. Well, My story currently, I guess, is um, I am the owner of Wheelhouse Yoga, a boutique yoga studio in Northern Virginia. Been in business since 2015 with even some twists and turns within those years because we have a pandemic as a yoga studio to deal with. Um, But I am super happy and grateful and fortunate that Um, I don't just get to teach yoga and, um, you know, spiritual practice that I also get to practice it myself and that we have a whole entire team of people that do it. It's not just me. We have um, 14 instructors and that's what I do. So I am down to only teaching three classes and working with a few private clients, um, but we have about 25 classes a week. So the others are taught by other people. So it's a, it's a thing. I didn't realize that you had so many instructors. Mm-hmm. And some of them only teach one or two classes. Um, but, you know, people don't want me every day. <laughs> they might say, oh, yeah, we do, whatever. No, they don't, actually. You yeah. know? And there are some kick-ass instructors. And they all deliver something a little different. So the wheelhouse has become um, something where truly people can find what's right for them because it's not cookie cutter. Everybody's going to teach a little bit differently. Um, So what I do now is hobble my way through managing a studio amongst other little side projects. As you know, I never am, you know, one track, um, you know, along the way for, for creating a community. 
I yeah, you're you're never doing just one thing. But I love that about you because it gives me good company. Right? <laughs> um, to always bounce the new idea off of, and it's like I'm thinking about doing this, and it's the automatic. Oh my gosh, yes, you have to do it. Well, we're <laughs> definitely no, like, our like go girls, right? Like, yeah. There, if you don't want to hear no, then call me because I'll be like, right. yeah, let's do it. It's so like the best idea ever. So great. Do you need help? <laughs> um, so for your day, like you're only teaching three classes, you said a week, Yeah, a week, but you're still like at the studio a ton. You're like there all day or are you like teaching three classes a week and kind of get to like chill? Cause that kind of <laughs> makes it sound like you've made it. Oh yeah. No, there's no chilling. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and if there is chilling, I'm definitely still seeking, um, other ways to be financially free in that chill time. So and I'm sure we'll get yeah. more into that. Um, so a typical day for me looks like, well, as you know, I also have, um, three children who really are more like young adults than children. Um, I am only 42, but I have three teenagers. And, um, so that occupies, you know, a good chunk of my morning along with a spiritual practice and then either right to the studio to teach a class or the beautiful thing about growing this community is, Um, And if there's any yoga people that listen to this podcast, especially if they're teachers, they will appreciate that, you know, typically we are the pickiest students. Um, So Mm. it's been so fun to be the studio owner and pick the teachers that I want to actually take their classes. (laughs) So um, I actually get to go practice yoga now, too. So in that sense, Yes, in a way, I feel a little bit like I've made it. My bank account doesn't necessarily reflect that, um, but we're getting there. So, money's not real. And then, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's where we—that's where we always land. When a time's are tough, know. money's not real. What is that? It's a fire starter. That's what it is. Yeah. So. <laughs> is that? Does that? I've never really thought about this before, even though I knew you did it. Like, does that feel kind of surreal to you to like be taking and practicing in? the space that you created or do you, you know, not, does it just, I used to actually avoid it. Um, because it was like, my brain was a little too on, which is not what you want during yoga. But then mm. that ended up becoming a part of my practice, you know, just to be there. And like everybody else that's on their mat struggling to have their mind be fully present, I had to do the same thing. Um, so taking the opportunity to practice in my studio is something that, um, I like to do. I do also like to go other places as well and be a nobody, you know, um, Mm. that's, you know, not somebody that people are looking to, to do it right or do the hardest thing or, you know, do it perfectly. Um, so I like to be incognito too. I never really thought about that. Like even, yeah, even when you're practicing if you're not like shoved yourself in the back corner of the room people are probably like oh what's Allison doing and (laughs) you kind of have to like because I know I have had yoga classes where and I love the instructors that are like just bring your body and however it's going to show up today and there's like some days I feel super ambitious and I'm like oh yeah like I'll try to do my little tripod even though I'm going (laughs) to fall over or something but there's some days I just like want to hang there and like be folded over and not try anything hard 
do you feel like people are just expecting you to like be in the full blown handstand? <laughs> who knows what they're expecting? And honestly, who cares? Um, yes. I almost always do go in the front row, but it's definitely not because I want to be looked at. I am not um, skilled enough to do a handstand without a wall on the other side of me. And there's a lot of reasons I have some fear wrapped around that. Um, so that's my reason for going up front because I actually need the support. And so if people do ask and do observe, I grab a block every time I practice because I like to have a little extra support sometimes. I don't ever cue blocks when I'm, when I'm teaching, but I grab props myself. And I think that's a great thing for students to see, um, you know, that you can modify and you can use your surroundings as sources of support. Yes. Um, okay. You also always haven't always been a yoga instructor. You mentioned you're 42, mm. but you opened Wheelhouse, what, seven years It'll ago? It'll be eight, eight years this um, summer. Yeah, this August. Uh, well, August is when we started construction, but October is when we opened. So oh yeah, I was gosh. 35. I was getting, well, 34, I guess, when the idea came about. And the idea is like, I, I had um, best business partner ever. She was amazing. And she takes her coffee with um, chocolate. I take mine with vanilla, even if I were to add some cream, you know, a flavored yeah. cream to it. She likes iced everything. I like hot everything. She's blonde. I'm brunette, you know, so we were like the best balance. She's the one who would be like, oh my God, pump the brakes. And I'm like, go push it down the hill. Yeah. You know, so she was, we were like the perfect people to start it. And we didn't really do it on purpose. At first I was, mm -hmm. um, Oh my gosh, Christina, you know, I was doing so many things and yeah. it was, I mean, uh, all the way back to college, um, I majored in art education. Uh, okay. Not really doing anything with that now. However, I guess there is a creative side that that's where that comes out. Um, majored in art education, never finished my student teaching because I had my daughter, um, who I love, who is now 19 and a creative soul of her own. Um, so kind of hobbled through not one, not really wanting to work. I was accused when I was younger and not really liking to focus on school. And when I say younger, I mean, all the way back to high school, right. Um, of, of just wanting to be barefoot and pregnant, you know, for mm. my adult <laughs> years. I, and, and I like, I did not take that as an insult. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I do. I just want to be a mom. Um, right. So when I became a mom, still in my ending years of college, um, that was what I wanted. And I was motivated to kind of stay that path, not motivated to finish student teaching, one, financially and logistically. Um, my husband at the time was a police officer. And so it was like, okay, what do we do with this little baby so I can go student teach, which means I'm paying for an entire semester of college and not getting paid to go do a full-time job for student teaching. So that kind of is what that equates to. You're paying to go to work to finish your degree, um, which I never did. And, you know, that's, that is what it is. Got really close, have way more than enough credits to be graduated, but <laughs> I don't have that piece it's of paper. Fine. It's fine. Sorry, mom and dad. Um, so hobbled through some, you know, ventures then and, and tried to make it, it was in direct sales, um, still am in direct sales, but then it was, 
you know, just trying and not really succeeding um, with that, with um, a nutrition company. And then fast forward a few years, years later, um, two more babies. <laughs> so there's three of them and a divorce and some untimely deaths in our family, which led to uh, even more purpose, I think, um, less complacency and more like, I'm not going to waste my time doing this because each breath could be our last, you know, and um, I want to do something that provides for others in a way that I have felt provided for as well and supported. Um, so that led me to a couple different things and, and largely out of needing stability and not knowing where I was going to live after living in my parents' basement with three kids for two and a half years. Um, I took a job at my kids' elementary school as an instructional assistant for special needs students. Probably one of the most fulfilling jobs ever. I just got goosebumps talking about it. I miss those kids. At this point, that was a long time ago. Many of their parents became my yoga students, which became really cool. Um, but through that process, I had health insurance. I still definitely uh, was very poor <laughs> financially um, and very scared of that. And that led to some decisions too that, you know, probably weren't the best decisions um, based out of financial fear. And then one afternoon, uh, Kelly is my former business partner and still one of my dearest friends. Um, our kids are like siblings. They've grown up together. Um, and we both were kind of doing yoga stuff on Instagram as one does eight years ago. Um, and, you know, we would also see each other. And so that we would go take a yoga class together every once in a while. And then one day our kids were playing and, and she was just like, so, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but that place, you know, next to the post office and the cupcake store, that would be your shop. Um, be me. <laughs> it's, it's vacant. And I was kind of interested in like, would you ever want to do like a yoga studio or a fitness studio there? So I was also a personal trainer at the time. That was one of the ways I was making, making ends meet along with the instructional assistant position, um, which paid my health insurance, which was a big deal. Um, and I was like, well, all right, let's go look at it. So we looked at it and then very quickly that turned into, like I said, I'm the yes girl. So let's do it. And her eyes got kind of wide and it was like, okay, let's do it. So somehow over a bottle of wine on her screen porch, um, you know, while our kids were running around like mad children, um, we decided to go into business together. Now, that was early summer of 2015. And at that point, I still had a job with the school, but it was summer break. Um, so fast forward, we put in an application for the place and we didn't get it because the uh, there was another occupant in the building that decided that she wanted it. And we were like, yeah. <laughs> and, and I know who you're talking about. I know you know who I'm talking about. Anyways, it's not um, me. <laughs> she decided she wanted it. And so we were out. What that does, though, I think when you lose something or you think you've lost grip of something that you wanted, it lets you know how much you really did want it. Because we could have easily been like, oh, well, 
nothing ventured, nothing gained. That's fine. Like moving on. It was a cool idea over a bottle of wine and now it's gone. And let's just go back to doing handstands on Instagram. Um, (laughs) Rather, it was like, okay, well, let's look for another place. We had no established, and she did have some sort of established clientele because she was teaching Pilates classes in the firehouse across the street. Oh, I didn't even know know that. Yep. And I had some personal training clients as well as the network that I developed at the school, which actually ended up being pivotal and vital for our initial success. Um, So we started looking, we were actually both happened to be on vacation in different spots and it was a bummer. But then within 24 hours after we'd inquired about a couple other places, even, um, we got a call from the property manager saying, never mind, that lady changed her mind and it's yours. And so very quickly got the ball rolling. That was August. And because I like to do things really fast, I thought we'd be open by like <laughs> September 10th. That also didn't happen. But October 2nd, 2015, we cut the ribbon to Wheelhouse Yoga. Um, so that was a very long winded way to say how we got there. And yes, there were lots of other twists and turns along the way. But um, this one sort of stuck. So I love hearing like people break down stories like that. I feel like I always can relate to them so much too, mm-hmm. especially like I want it and I want it now. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, we're deciding to do this business today. I wish it was opened yesterday. Yeah. Totally. Um, and I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you kind of relate to this as well. Like the beginning stages of starting a business. Cause Allison has also done like numerous other things. I have, we've done something together, like, mm-hmm. um, and they've been like these micro businesses along the way, but like starting something and like figuring out even down to like the logo and the colors and mm-hmm. what it's going to look like and making the website. Like to me, that's like 80% of the fun is. Oh Yeah bringing, bringing that idea into fruition and like what it's going to look like. And I'm like, I feel like I'm a self-proclaimed like serial entrepreneur and I am addicted to that stage. Like I'm addicted to it. I think that, you know, that I am too. (laughs) (laughs) How many things have been started as a matter of fact, so addicted to it that I have since helped a few people. And now I'm like, Oh, now I have wheelhouse wordsmiths too, which like creates and design and like the creative part that I do actually help people with that. So just these little spawn offs of things, because, uh, and again, that maybe that's where I use my art background. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, that is the fun part. And I think that when you are an entrepreneur, that that becomes the blessing and the curse. um, Because it's like, once that part's done, it's like, oh, shit, now I have to work. Now I actually have to like do the things. Now I actually have to look at a spreadsheet. Now I actually have to like, pay attention to money. And it's not just this like, oh, let's slap this up here and like, move on. Um, And it's gonna work because we have a logo. Like, I feel like that's so like, we have a website and a logo. So why wouldn't it work? Um, Exactly. I feel like the mindset is like when you're in that really exciting stage, it's like once you conceptualize it, you just assume it's going to work. Like you're, for me, best case scenario, like I'm going to be a millionaire off this. Look at this logo. Look at these (laughs) colors. Like they're flawless. But, But that's the thing, Christina. Like I think if you don't have that mindset, then it's hard to succeed because you're never opening yourself up for that. So it might be, uh, you know, people might look at you like you're crazy, but 
be, you kind of have to be a little bit of crazy yeah. to, to do it. And I mean, I know you have a similar story and I did listen to your solo podcast, um, introducing, introducing the bold dreamer, which was awesome. And I, I think I knew pretty much everything that you said on there. Cause we definitely sat around your, um, you know, bakery kitchen and, you know, at that metal like counter crying. For, and <laughs> cried and laughed and sang and I'm not a dancer, but whatever. If Taylor Swift was on my hips, we're probably moving in some way. Yes. Um, we were dancing yeah, to, we if were Taylor dancing. was on. But similar to you, I mean, again, like the financial piece of it and like going into business. So it can be something that hinders somebody from from chasing that dream, right? And from going. And I, when I tell you I had negative net worth, I think I probably still do, but uh, when I had negative net worth. Who has a, positive net worth? <laughs> and, a, and a negative <laughs> bank account and like debts owed out the wazoo when I, oh, and a credit score of 470 something. Been there. That's really bad for those who are Been there. and don't know. Like that's really bad. Um, that's where I was on, yeah. on like day one where I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to open a business, but we actually need at least $20,000 to start. Now, actually that's a pretty small number, especially since I had a business partner to open an entire yoga studio. I don't think a lot of people realize the sheer amount of money it takes to get a brick and mortar up and going full transparency. The bakery was a hundred grand, right? And that was like a line of credit that got paid mm-hmm. back very slowly. <laughs> well, I still have a line of credit that I'm whittling away at. So that yeah. initial one small town, right? All we had to do was knock down some walls and make an open room for the yoga studio. We didn't have to heat. We didn't have to heat it. I mean, we did, but it wasn't like, uh, you know, a special heating system that we added in. Right. I wish we had, <laughs> but it, we didn't have stuff like that. So yes, to build out a bakery in a kitchen, I imagine would have been much more hindering, but this was a moderate risk. However, it w- I still didn't have my half of that 20 grand to begin with. And if I had walked into the bank and asked for it, Oh, I probably would have the same situation you had. Like, oh, you're so cute, little girl. Yeah, <laughs> moving like, that's on. Adorable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at her wanting to open a yoga studio. How cliche, yeah. right? Um, so I did. I went to my parents actually, and um, you know, when you're expressing to someone, whether it be a bank, whether it be a venture capitalist, whether it be a family member, uh, your vision and conviction that it's gonna work there's something there's something there and if you don't have that conviction and that's something that you can't teach you can't fake and it's just it like poor it's in your gut and and it just is evident and I think that's the only reason because my parents believe me they don't say yes to everything you know they would have been like oh my god no like you have our three grandbabies and like <laughs> what about your health insurance and that is a big thing that I still pay for it's one of my most expensive things but it's um all of those fears were there I, I probably also knew I could always go back to the school you know even if it wasn't that school and like get a job back or anything like that however I had to try um, I had to try it and I, and I didn't think, and Kelly can attest to this too. There was no way we were going to fail. That yeah, was my never. mindset. Like I, we, of course it's not going to fail. Like no. it's fine. 
And that was the mindset that carried us through and still does, even though there have been failures along the way, um, that was something that very much helped. I think that's a really important point to touch on too, because, you know, a lot of people hear people that have businesses say like, oh, there's really bad days and, you know, it it gets really hard. But like, what does that actually look like? And like, that actually looks like it's like a you're on this this trajectory up. Like your yoga studio is doing well. It was doing well. Like she's mm-hmm. moved to a, a new studio that's bigger and has more space and more foot traffic than the initial small town that she started in. And um, even though your entire trajectory has been up, there's days that I have, and I think you've had because we've cried about mm-hmm. them, you know, mm-hmm. to Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. that the entire day, the entire month, it's a wash. It's what somebody would look at and say was a failure. Like there's more money out than there's coming in. You don't have enough money to literally put food on your own table because it's somehow all having to get injected back in to whatever it is you're working on. And I know I still have those days, but, but in the, like you, you said it perfectly, it's in your gut. It's like this visceral feeling of, I know this is going to work. And I feel like as long as you have that feeling, you're, everything becomes figure outable. And I say that a lot because I don't know if I have like strokes of luck. I don't know if the universe is like just trying to teach me a lesson right now or has been my entire life, but I've been like two cents in the bank account, if not negative. I mean, I got so mad when Bank of America switched their overdraft fee from $35 to like $10 because I paid years of $35 overdraft fees. Um, And I I know there's like that feeling of like your bank account is empty and there's $2,000, $1,500, $2,500 of stuff that has to get paid for that week. Mm -hmm. And somehow, somehow the money always arrives. And I am in awe every time it happens um, because it still happens to me to this day. Like, I'm not going to pretend it doesn't. Like, Orchid and Ash is doing great, but the early stages of business, there's so much in development. There's so much in marketing. There's so much in all these things that money's coming in, but it's going out if not twice as fast. And it sounds super, I say this a lot. I've noticed when I'm talking to people because I think we have a lot of the same experiences, but- It sounds really cliche, but it's like that undying belief in yourself that you push through and somehow it gets figured out on the other side. And sometimes you don't know, you know, we spend a lot of time being like writing a business plan, right? Like, here's what it's going to look like having a vision, maybe even having a vision board. And like, there is nothing wrong with any of that stuff as long as you're not too attached to it because the the way you get there, even if it does end up being that like final masterpiece someday, the mode to getting there might be a lot different than what you thought it would be a whole lot different. And I mean, because of the pandemic, um, you know, I mean, we, I closed the studio like, and talk about how you survived. Cause like yoga was shut down. I was with you. Like, I think it was the day it was like literally the day that we were together. 
we were. We were sitting on the floor in, in a new space that you had just expanded into. Yeah. And we were sitting on the floor and I think like the CDC put out the thing that said all non-essential business has to close. And we were just like sitting there with our coffee and oatmeal, like, wait, what? What just happened? <laughs> yeah. So like kind of, cause you not only got through it, but you got through it, survived it. And now we're in like a, what would be considered like an expansion of the first wheelhouse. Yeah. So, um, again, there's been some iterations and from 2015 until now, and it, the pandemic was the biggest shift, you know, I thought, so Kelly, who we started the business with, um, we ended up branching off into two separate studios. She owned one. I owned the other. Um, hers was Pilates and, and then we had the yoga division. So we both ran that separately and that split in 2018. I thought that was a big enough split. At that point, we did build out two studios as well. So if I added up actually all the money to have one, two, three, four, five, including the barn in my backyard, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> iterations of brick and mortar, which we have had five, including the one and including the barn, including the one we're in now, it's, oh gosh. I mean, probably well more than a quarter of a million dollars just on build outs. Um, so, you know, and like, that's not money that you get back the next day. No, And there no. are still line of credits that I owe on, um, you know, and, and we do our best. Uh, but Chip away. through Chip away. the pandemic, and yes, before the pandemic, the third spot we opened. Um, so we had the yoga studio, the Pilates studio was downstairs, the yoga studio was upstairs across the hall from the yoga studio, the space I've been eyeing for a long time to have as more of a reception area, plus a massage room, plus a meditation room, plus an actual office to do all the things to run a business um, and a washer and dryer, which was essential when you were letting people use towels for free. <laughs> I was bringing laundry yeah. home every day. Um, Priceless. Yes, exactly. So that was something that we built out. Our community supported us amazingly um, in a GoFundMe campaign to build that out. And that was completed late February of 2020. So <laughs> three And it was beautiful. Later. It was beautiful. Like, um, it was, it turned out amazing. It was which, beautiful. And it was really going to be yeah. a space of healing and community um, yeah. And three weeks after we opened the doors, we closed. And then due to due to the shutdown that, you know, was announced and we were together, we were sitting there having coffee, being like, what, working on our other little venture that we had selling t-shirts. Yeah. Which, looking back at like, I don't, I don't know why you listened to me when I said we should use that first <laughs> font that we use because it's really not that great, but whatever, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> It's um, a learning process. It's a learning process. Like, well, so if, if you remember correctly, I started as like a support <laughs> and, and somehow got absorbed into partner. Oh, so you were the big boss for like three days. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Partner's always better. Um, Agree. <laughs> so anyways, that uh, we closed those doors and then we closed all the doors um, a, a couple months later in mid-July of 2020. Just by doing the numbers, I mean, we hobbled through and with no end in sight to the pandemic at the time. Um, 
you know, I used to sort of beat myself up thinking like, oh, maybe I, I jumped ship too soon. Like things might be better if we were still there. But you know what? We wouldn't have so much of the community that we have now if I had continued to hobble through where we were from having 40 students, which was <laughs> probably way too many students for that small room that we had 40 students packed into um, on, you know, most weekends for sure. The weekdays weren't as busy to having a maximum of four or five permitted during those times of the pandemic where we were allowed to start coming back together. Um, that wasn't going to pay the bills. And, you know, the online wasn't going to pay the bills to support a brick and mortar either. And why have a brick and mortar when you're exclusively teaching online? online. So I pulled the plug. Yeah. So I pulled yeah. the plug. And eventually ended up running a renovating a barn in my backyard to become a, um, what I didn't know at the time, but a stepping stone to the place we're in now. Um, so that, that was that, but, you know, through the pandemic, and I know we've had this conversation, uh, there were other things and I had still had no money and still had debts to pay. And I was like, okay, I got to find something else that's going to pay me. That's going to be more stable. And yes, teaching yoga online is like, okay, but it also, it wasn't sustainable with three teenagers and Northern Virginia finances and, and all that. Yeah, it just wasn't sure. going to continue to cut it. And I know I shared this with you, a, a dear, dear friend of mine one day told me, you know, after looking at a few other opportunities, she said, you know, you just really don't have the luxury to be an op, uh, an entrepreneur right now. I was like, whoa, 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 wait a second. So that was, I think, a fire that I needed um, to be like, I'm not getting my real estate license. I'm not going to take this corporate job, you know, that's virtual, whatever the case might be, all these other yeah. things I was looking at doing. I'm meant to serve. And part of that is being an entrepreneur and assuming all those risks. And I'm not going to sit here and say that being an entrepreneur doesn't have some luxuries. Um, you know, it's two o'clock in the afternoon and we're able to sit here right now with each other from our comforts of our own home and do this podcast. So certainly there are luxuries and I won't downplay that. However, <laughs> they come at a cost and the cost is a big old pile of debt currently. Um, and, yep. you know, uh, sweating and in the way of like panic, but not really because that panic <laughs> is coupled with faith and conviction, yeah. but it's not, to me, the ultimate luxury would be to have a steady paycheck, have yeah. your health insurance paid for, know yes. that you can take time off and not have, um, you know, if for me, if I don't work, I don't get paid, right? Like if I don't teach a class, I'm actually paying somebody else to do it. If I don't take a private client, I don't get that money. So <laughs> the ultimate luxury is to not have to worry about any of those things. So while yes. being an entrepreneur does have its luxuries, it's definitely not a luxury. No, it's like the opposite of a luxury. And especially like with what we're doing and like what you're doing, like you said, like if you're not working, you're not getting paid. And for you, working is showing up. Like you have to be there. And yes, you have people that can maybe cover your classes or you have people that could cover all your classes. But if you're not there mentally, you're still there. Yeah. And this is something that I 
struggled with too when I had the bakery is like I was able to sneak a few weekends that I wasn't there. Like toward the end, I had some really amazing girls that could do pretty much everything, but people expected me. They, the girls would like text me all the time and you know this fire needs to get put out and even though you're not there and it's like oh god our sales going to be enough today for me to get through the weekend or like you know mm-hmm. whatever there is such a luxury with that because a lot of people are going to be like well you can take off whenever you want but there is no taking off it's not a thing right. like you can physically be away and somewhere else but mentally you're stuck in like Maybe speaking from personal experience, like mm-hmm. I'm on loop all the time, right? Like, oh, this could be getting done. This could be getting done. If I'm not physically here to pack orders, I'm like, let me pull out my computer until I think of something I can do to be productive because I am I need to be working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, <clears throat> I think that I love not working too. <laughs> like I love, I love, I mean, I sit. feel like that's fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I love to read a book. I, you know, my spiritual practice is very important to me and I think is also coupled with my work. Um, you know, I, I love to travel. I love to be outside. I love to work out myself. So there's plenty of things that I can do that aren't work. Um, but I, I just think that Entrepreneurship is a luxury when it's working. Um, and, yes. and, you know, I think we are teased by social media and we're teased by, um, you know, those who might appear to be successful, making it look easy. And I will be the first one to say, like, go do it. Like, go do it. Who, I'm not going to say who cares if you crash and burn, but like, really? Who cares? It's like a fire on the side of the road, right? The cars are driving by. They're going to think about it that time. They're going to see it and they're gonna, then they're gone. You know, then they're, they're moved on They're yeah. Or if they do, it's like a blip. And, and like, so really do what you want and do what feels virtuous and right for you. Um, and if it, if it happens to, you know, serve in other ways, which is something that's really important to me, um, even better. Uh, so, you know, the whole, all the iterations of what is now wheelhouse yoga. And, um, even though it's interesting because now that I am only teaching three classes a week, that means payroll is far more expensive than it's ever been. Right. So while it might appear, oh yeah, you know, there's, a lot of people in, a lot of people out, like this is so good. Sales are good. They are, but it's that weird check and balance, right? Like just like the universe provides when you, you say you're like, oh shit, I only have two cents in my bank account. Then all of a sudden you have $200, not cents. Um, yeah. then, <laughs> then big upgrade. So, yeah. That's a big upgrade. And you're 200 like, oh, cents. I needed it. And there it is. Uh, in a way there, the balance kind of gets tipped sometimes in the other way too. It's like, okay, yes, we're doing well. The money that I said needed to come in is coming in. Mm-hmm. But what that's allowed is for me to be able to have a team and yeah. have it not all be here, but it hasn't necessarily increased, um, you know, the income that I need to live and support a family in this area, but we're still climbing. 
we're still climbing. So the outward appearance of a success, anybody listening to this, that's like doubting themselves or thinking they're not successful because it's not reflected in their bank account yet. It's just not yet. And keep going. Um, but also know when to stop, <laughs> you know? Yes. And that, and I think knowing when to stop too can be in so many different ways. It doesn't have to just be monetarily. Like, yes. um, when you were talking about like being a fire on the side of the road and like nobody really noticing when I decided to finally walk away from the bakery, like, yes, it was hard. And I mean, it was making money, but it was the same thing. I had a team or else I literally probably would have died. And I had a team and um, just like the cost of ingredients and the the space to rent and boxes and like all these things. So it was like always very tight, even though I was making money, but I was a single person living by myself, even, you know, like back then, a one bedroom apartment, I'm looking at almost $2,000 a month. Like, so all these things have to get paid for. And when I decided to walk away from it, I feel like half of my, oh my God, should I be doing this was, am I going to be letting people down? But as much as like people are so kind and I'll still get messages from people being like, oh, I miss your cake or, oh, I made your scones this weekend with your cookbook or whatever. Um, the shop would close. They'd drive by it, wish they could get their cupcake, but then they'll move on. Mm -hmm. And I've had this conversation with another girlfriend that had a business in town and it's like, we can't drive ourselves into the ground to please other people. Everybody, one, understands. And two, like you said, like everyone's concerned with their own life. They're not so caught up in what you're doing with your business. So it's like, yeah, I fall on my face like every other day in every mm -hmm. business I've done. But like people either don't know or don't really care, you know? And it's like, it brings me so much joy and fulfillment that you just keep going. And sometimes you feel like a crazy person because you keep going, but. Yeah, it is too, though. It's the people, I mean, oh, we're doing it for ourselves, right? As a means to have income and survive and um, break free of the corporate world as you did. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's a means. And there's plenty of opportunity in the space of creation. And I think when you decide what's enough for you and, and, and somebody's enough might be very different than another person's enough, right? Yes. You know, it might just be like, I want to tuck a little away for retirement, whatever that is and whatever that looks like. And I want to be able to just, you know, pay for my lights to stay on. <laughs> um, you know, that's fair. That, that's fair right. Um, but other people might be like, no, it's not enough until I have an empire and that's okay too. But yeah. knowing what your enough is, and I still kind of teeter with that myself, if, you know, if I'm being totally transparent there, I, some days my enough feels different than other days. Um, so, you know, I, I think that when we're looking at serving people and letting people down, if we don't do what we're doing, you know, it's the people 
that are motivating us to do this. A hundred percent. You know, it's, it's not, we can, we can have income anywhere, right? Like you, we can go be a bartender, you know, you can go, I could go teach yoga anywhere else and not have to own the studio and have all the pressure and financial obligation that comes with that. Um, But we're choosing to do it this way. And, and that is to hold space for a whole community. Even with you, you have developed this community of people that are like, oh, I am now so aware of the shit that I was bringing into the air in my home by burning something that I thought smelled good, but was actually creating a toxic environment for me, my pets, my kids, you know, so now you've created this community of awareness and, and people that are empowered. I like to think that yoga is doing the same thing, you know, creating an awareness of a different way to manage our lives, you know, that we might be doing. So in that sense, it does feel like, oh, it would be sad to let our community down. But we also have to, there is no community if the community leader, you, me, whoever, is not able to put food on the table. Yeah. And and it's such a, I feel like it's such a hard call to make because back to that oh, but I believe in myself so much. Mm -hmm. It's like Mm -hmm. you constantly have this feeling of like, oh, what I'm looking for or what my goal is, is right around the corner. Like it's got to be right around the corner. Um, So it is such a hard call to make if you do try to, if you do end up stepping away from something. Mm -hmm. Um, But you in particular with all the stuff that you've done and all the things you have done, I feel like yoga and the studio and your practice and everything you're doing is like, it is your purpose because with all these things that have happened to like knock you off course, try to, you know, make you get another job or whatever it was because your studio closed and the world shut down and all these things and you somehow keep finding your way back to it where I feel like it's, it would have been easy to kind of abandon it and be like, okay, I can find something else. Um, and I think that speaks volumes too, not just about you, but about like being able to recognize like, no, this is where my effort needs to be going. Yeah. One of, one of my mentors, when I shared with him that I was like, Oh yeah, I think I'm going to get my real estate license. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do this. And I'm looking at being a, you know, corporate recruiter, all things that I'm sure I would have done fine at, you know, and yeah. were also motivating and interesting to me. Um, but so this was when we were still closed and I hadn't built out a makeshift barn. It's not makeshift. It's actually beautiful barn studio. It is um, beautiful. <laughs> it's really beautiful. I kind of want to live in it. Um, but it's, uh, there was one day where I was like, you know what, let me just do a pop-up outside class. Well, like 30 people showed up in my backyard and yeah. it was actually a double decker yoga class. Cause I have a patio under my deck, which is where I was intending to do it. And then there's a deck and we had people on both levels and I was like, okay. And you know, he had seen a picture of this and he was like, haha, very funny. You're not going to teach yoga. You're going to be a real estate agent. Like this yeah. is your path. And I'm like, I, I know. That. Okay, fine. You know? Yeah. Um, so, and then, you know, those little things are just, we got to listen to those. Um, and 
and and follow and and where we feel resistance or where we create resistance ooh that doesn't feel good you know and yeah. so just let it let it keep going with that faith and conviction i think is um but we have to do discern we have to discern too between am i creating resistance or am i self-sabotaging because of lack of confidence or something like right. that like let's check our egos and be like if we fail we fail like it's it's going to be bad and if you've wrapped other people into it as far as like financial obligation or anything like that you want to be mindful of that right you know you don't want anybody else to suffer because of your actions um yeah however it's it's also an opportunity i think for us to check our ego when we're afraid of failure I 100% agree. And I just have to say, I've taken like a lot of yoga classes in my life. (laughs) And there is something I personally think, and I don't think it's because we're friends, um, Mm -hmm. that there's something very special about the way you teach yoga. Um, I mean, the assists don't mm-hmm. hurt. <laughs> Allison <laughs> does these like really yummy, beautiful assists while you're in your yoga position and stuff that feels so good. Um, but I feel like you create an environment. I don't know what it is, if it's just your voice or like you tell a lot of stories while you're teaching. And I feel like you really offer like a place that people can actually go and turn their mind off. Like you were saying, sometimes you go to class and your mind is on and I feel like you really do have a gift of like bringing people to that space and you're not just like, get in this position, get in this position. It's kind of like, oh, like, you know, this little life lesson from today and your classes Mm -hmm. are, and I feel like they just come from you. It's not like you're writing a script. They just, they flow out of you, which I feel like is like such a gift too. Well, I appreciate that. And I think you and I both, if we ever had to stick to a script, we'd be like, not for me. Can't do it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to defy that script a little bit here. I'm going to just think I just can make this little tweak right here, right there. Yeah. So I don't think scripted is anything I could ever do. So I do feel fortunate again to have, uh, you know, mentors and, um, you know, spiritual support in that sense that have guided me to be able to do that. Um, and yeah. Okay. So before we wrap everything up, I love to get into what is, if you had to pick your biggest, boldest dream right now. And I like to preface this saying this can be like personal life. This can be business life. This can be something that doesn't feel like it will ever even happen or is not even attainable, but I love putting it like out into the world. And um, if you had to break down like, your just ultimate dream what would that be such a hard question but it's probably such an essential question um because for me it feels vague in the sense of I don't really know the means that are going to get there yet but I know what it is and um you know it's to be I think especially in this industry and being a yogi or whatever, and, and it's people think that money shouldn't matter, you know, and it should Mm. be, you know, freely giving and all that. But, but actually if we look at money as 
an energy exchange, right? Because that's what it is. Um, it is something that is essential and it's something that I have struggled with much of my adult life and developing a relationship with it that's not resentful of money. I love money, you know, it is real, Christina. I know we love it. We believe in you. We believe in you. We love you. We believe. Um, (laughs) I used to say, I hate money. It's so stupid. You can't say that. that. And like my dad's like, please stop saying that you love money. And I'm like, and so it feels I've had to work on my relationship with that, I guess, in, in the sense of like, I don't feel undeserving. Like that's not a thing necessarily for me. It's more of like, um, I just don't, like, how do I get it? And, and not in the sense of like, oh, I got to figure something out. How do I unblock whatever is there? Because I do believe it's there. It's there to be had. And so my bigger, more vague goal is to not have the financial fears and worries and obligations. Um, And by obligations, I mean, you know, debts that I've gotten myself into um, throughout the years in order to serve. But you know, they're still there. Um, and Feel that. to be able to be free financially so that I can be free to, you know, right now I'm looking at booking some retreat places, which retreats, uh, yoga retreats are a really healing and transformational experience for our students. And it's been something we've offered and that I've been able to offer, um, you know, for years since I think our first one was, a year within a year of us opening the studio. So in 2016 um, or 17, somewhere in that first year or two. And right now I, you know, most places, whether it's an Airbnb that we're booking or whether it's a retreat center, there's a pretty sizable deposit that you have to put down. Mm. You're putting down a deposit before you advertise, because why would you advertise something that you haven't actually secured yet? So Right. right now I'm in this weird space of, I want to provide these opportunities for people and that's my job. That's my service. I don't have that to put up. I don't Mm. have the money to put a deposit down right now to be able to take people. So that I want to be free enough financially that my personal financial burdens aren't getting in the way of me being able to serve my community in the way that I do, in the way that I'm called to, in the way that I choose to. Um, so that's kind of the big goal, you know, the little goal or the, the ways that get me there are the things I'm still piecing together. The studio is a great studio is my asset. I don't know my home. You know, I do on my car. I used to lease my home or lease my car, rent my home. Um, I literally had nothing to my name, which is actually kind of a cool way to live. Um, yeah. Now there will be some that challenge that, that say, you know, real estate is a great asset. I do believe in that as well. And that, that too will be a goal, but uh, you know, my studio is my asset. Um, it mm. is my retirement plan at this point. It is everything that I have financially. Um, so as it continues to provide and some other things along the way, um, you know, that is the ultimate goal is to be able to continue to serve. Uh, now, one, one, if anybody's listening and they want a ghostwriter, 
I love to write a book, mm. but I don't want to be the face of the book. Yeah. <laughs> that and you're sense. so good at writing. I love to write. Um, yeah, I love to write. And I do believe I have a voice there. Um, but I don't want to be the one that's like, hey, here's my book. Look at me. And like, whatever, that's fine. I just want to write. So if anybody needs a ghostwriter, that would probably be a really cool gig. That, that would be amazing. So And probably pay pretty well. Um, Who knows? I feel like we've talked about this a ton too. Like I love your goal is financial freedom because I, I also like resonate with that. And I know I remember one day we were sitting together and we have had this conversation so many times and it actually came up for me last week and where we've been like, I, I think I had a moment that I was like, fuck it. I want to be a millionaire. Like what <laughs> is wrong with that? You know? And you were like, that's fine. Like, you should be able to say that. And um, I actually said the same exact thing. I was in acupuncture and I've been like dealing with, you know, and he's like, why are you so stressed? Like what is going on? And I was like, you know, this is really unspiritual of me, but I just want to be a fucking millionaire. And he was (laughs) like, that's fine. (laughs) Like that doesn't make you not spiritual. And I don't know what it is. It's like, you could give me shit on a stick and I could sell it. But I feel like I also too have like a, I don't know if it's fear around money or if along the way I've gotten comfortable not having a ton of it. Um, so, but when you have money that you have access to, it's not so much, like you said, this, it's this energetic thing, right? So it's not so much that you have access to piles and piles of money, but instead it's a tool that lets you live completely authentically to who Allison is. And Mm -hmm. because so much of what you want to do is serving people, like money is just a means for you to be able to do that without having to like cloud your mind with, oh my God, this has to get paid and this has to get paid. And I think that's somewhere I've come over years and years is like, I don't want money to have money. I don't need things. I don't want things. I'm like down to a capsule wardrobe. I don't go shopping. I wear the same thing literally every day, but it's that peace of mind that comes with not worrying about it and be able being able to express yourself authentically in whatever that looks like. And maybe that's like endless retreats for you and mm-hmm. just being able to be like a, this amazing servant to people. And I'm really glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people have a really weird thing with admitting that they want more money. Yeah. I mean, I think too, like we don't know how much somebody has or doesn't have anyways, unless they've mm-hmm. actually privied, privied us to that information. So to say, you know, my same mentor I was speaking with last week and sharing with him, you know, like some work smarter, not harder things that I'm doing right now. And he's like, I think you need to make as much money as you can make and don't be afraid to make it like, and this is a spiritual person, you know, being like, yes. this isn't, this isn't wrapped around. You have to, we have to pay to live unless you're actually going to go on the street and panhandle, you know, like you have to, you have children, you have obligations, you have a community you're mm-hmm. supporting. I think direct quote, I think you need to make as much money as you can make period. And period. I think that we, I, I, I don't know why I'm saying we, because me, I have struggled with that of being 
a sort of self-proclaimed minimalist, but as you see this bookshelf in the back of here, like I like books, you know, it's books. I have a lot of spiritual relics around, but a lot of plants, Um, but you you know, so it's, it's not necessarily, it's not at all. I shouldn't even say not necessarily. It's not at all that I want to be a consumer and that's why there's money. It is, I, I don't, unless you have ever felt the weight of not having it or the weight of your daughter calling you while you're sitting through your yoga teacher training and being like, mom, I got home. There's a sticker on the door and the lights aren't on. That happened. And you know, it's, it's, unless you have felt that and you don't know how you're going to pay the next thing, or you've gotten a certified letter or whatever the case might be, you don't know how distracting that is from you putting one foot in front of the other and considering doing other things that aren't the service you're offering to the community because you actually can't pay to live and, and, you know, sustain. So how can we be of service? And if that's our ultimate goal, which it is my ultimate goal to be of benefit to others and our community, how can that be? So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to make as much money as I can make. And I think that's a lot. And I think it's okay. I think so too. And I think it will only make what you're doing like even more magical because all the things that you've figured out how to do with working with what you have, like imagine if your creative mind could just do whatever it was and whatever it dreamt up, you know? Yeah, so we've done a lot of things wrong too. So, you know, there's been lots of lessons along the way of what not to do. And I think those are equally essential to the things that do work. So yes. And, the, and then you never do them again. And that's, that's the right. important thing. <laughs> we are never buying um, a bulk amount of t-shirts again. Like, no, there is there are ways around print on demand that is was the way bad. to go. Print bad. on demand. And also, like, we would have been better off just getting a cricket and like oh, busting totally. out shirts ourselves. And I <laughs> unfortunately learned that a little too late. <laughs> <laughs> we both it's, like, it's okay. <laughs> and that is that's the epitome of getting an idea and wanting it done yesterday. And yeah. sometimes you have to go through with totally being like, I am an idiot. Yeah. I moved too fast and I didn't see, oh yeah, no, I was an idiot and like (laughs) moved too fast, didn't see. Idea was great, like intention and heart behind it was so great, but sometimes that doesn't carry you all the way. So like that's a nugget too. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and like you said, you take that and you learn from it and you just have to, it slows you down a little and you have to. Which is essential. Yes. And, and really figure out the logistics that make the most sense but I love you so much and I'm so glad we got to do this I feel like we could just banter forever I feel like we could Um, just like yeah if like we could just have a show like this could be so fun I don't know if anybody would listen but you know we'd listen and we'd (laughs) We'd tune in for our we'd tune in for our weekly calls we'd be like look we're being idiots again so fun (laughs) here we are um this is our business idea for this week we already have everything ordered (laughs) by the ten thousand. Um, So people that are local to Northern Virginia, people that are, are you still doing virtual? Where can people find you um, if they want to try one of your classes? Yeah. So we are um, in 
Clifton, Centerville area in Northern Virginia. So it's, if you live in Reston, it's 25 minutes away. If you live in Manassas, it's 25 minutes away. If you live, you know, so we're, we're kind of central to a lot of things. Um, we're about 45 minutes outside of DC. Uh, we've definitely had people come to us from Maryland before. So if you're in and about the Northern Virginia area, we are Wheelhouse Yoga and you can finally find us on Google after I fixed our address because that was definitely nice. wrong for a little while. <laughs> um, I think my other dream would be to have like an assistant that does all the detail work because that's oh, not my, my strong suit. Right. So, um, and then yes, we do offer a limited number of classes virtually live streamed as well as a library that um, is sort of always in the process of being revamped and improved. Um, if you are a practitioner of our studio already, it makes sense because a lot of the classes were live stream and recorded, but they also get dark because we shut the shades at the end. So if you're somebody who's just discovering us online, you're like, why is this a dark room that I'm doing yoga with? Um, so that, that's, it's all by constant, design. That's <laughs> right. It's always a constant state of improvement, um, there, but yeah, there's a couple different ways you can find us. Awesome. And if there happens to be somebody interested in writing a book that needs somebody with some beautiful words, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to put it out there, but you did start a blog. Yeah. Um, um yes. with your writing on it. So where can people yep. find that? That is um, mindyours.blog, and it incorporates basically how our mindset is creates all other actions. It creates the words that come out of our mouth. It creates the physical actions that we do and dictates all of our choices so that ultimately working on our mind is what we will do to sort of make the rest of our life look as optimal as we want it to be. I love that. And I'll put all that info in the show notes so people can easily find it. And thank you so much for doing this with me. And I hope everybody enjoyed it as much as I think we did, not just me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I loved it. I love talking to you all the time. It's great. Same. All right. Well, thank you. And until next time. Thank you.